Are there any daily habits, routines, rituals that set apart the successful from the rest of us? It's Brian Preston, the money guy, restoring order to your financial chaos, retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Bo, let's face it. There is a, this number kind of blew me out of the water. There's a $10 billion, that's right, with a B, $10 billion industry built on self-help. Self-help meaning like how do I set how, goals, how do I, achieve How do goals? I become a better version of myself? Okay. You know, if you think about, I mean, the big names that stand out to me is like Tony Robbins. Yeah, sure, okay. He's, he's constantly trying to help you interlock, I mean, unlock this all the inner beast and potential and all the other things. And you, what I started noticing, and I've had this show topic in the hopper for a while, mm-hmm. and we've done some some self reflection, and and we've been part of a, a year of kind of working on, you know, success, efficiency, and it's because the firm is at a breakneck speed right now, right? And it, and and when you have rapid growth, you're trying to make sure that you're you're doing everything as best as mm-hmm. possible, doing yeah, growing well. So I started thinking about and what's funny is I have read, we read a lot. I mean, and and one of the things is is when you read a lot, you start noticing similarities between some of the what's considered the the standards. So great ideas and how to improve yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's posts. pretty universal. So I was like, well, it's it's not a, it's not hard to go on YouTube and find a video from Tony Robbins. Yeah. It's not hard to go buy, um, you know, the the seven habits of highly effective sure. people. It's not hard because we all know our love the millionaire next door, and we've got Sarah's new book, the next millionaire next door. You can go read these things, but. Wouldn't it be helpful if somebody had a resource where they kind of bowled it all down and kind of shared some of the similarities sure. between the these books? So we're gonna be covering that today. And then I but before we did this show prep, and I made you do this on purpose, Bo, um, I said I want you to write down some of your daily habits, rituals, things that you do to to, to that you think set you up for success. Yeah. And we did this before we did all the other you know, kind of pulling the show notes together because I didn't want it to completely be jaded. Now, of course, we've read a lot of these books, so they've already kind of in there, but right. it wasn't so fresh. But the kind of the set this thing up because when you talk about habits, you come from a collegiate baseball career, and That's right. did you have any crazy things like you wore the same underwear? Uh, on game days, or you didn't comb your hair. Obviously, you didn't shave. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what crazy? Because uh, you have compiled a list of five bizarre athlete rituals, and and I think this kind of is a good setup for for getting into successful habits. Yeah, there was some there was some weird stuff that we did back then. One of my things, and like this is disgusting, right? So just no judgment, but this is kind of gross. Like looking back, we didn't talk about this in show prep, so I have no uh, idea where you're going. So what I would do is before football game, you know, you have all your football pass stuff. I'd always wear an undershirt. The whole week in practice, well, I'll wear the same undershirt the entire week in practice, and then I'd wear that undershirt in the game every Friday night because it was like, a, you know, it sort of built up all the hard work. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense now, but when I was like a, like a high school kid, that made tons of sense. Uh, to do that. Well, so I kind of get it. I mean, because it, the smell would make it stand up on its it own, so it was yeah, an extra exactly layer to repel uh, as well as... And then uh, before every high school baseball game, I would uh, I would sit, I had a truck at the time, I would sit in my truck, and I would always listen to the same song every day before we actually went and took pregame. I, we've never had it back in black. No, it was not back in black. It was Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. 
I don't know why, but that was the one before every single game. That was original. So, yeah, so, uh, but, you know, I, what's interesting is I don't think that I am unique in having these bizarre rituals. So we actually compiled a list of just five bizarre athlete rituals that we want to share. But before we do that, give them the intro, Brian. Who are we? Why are we here? What are we doing here? Yeah, my name is Brian Preston. This is my co-host, Mr. Bo Hansen. We are, this is the Money Guy Show. Go to moneyguy.com. Been doing this since 2006, if you can believe it. Um, I know a lot of you guys are now discovering us out there on YouTube. Please subscribe below. Um, you know, we've had a lot of success through podcasting, but the show has grown beyond just audio. Now we're also a visual element. But don't worry, guys. We are so into uh, the way we talk and the way we do things. I think it works whether you listen to us on you know, iTunes, Stitcher for the audio side, YouTube for the video, and then we even have now a live feature. So I know a lot of you guys, every other Tuesday, 445 Central Time, we do this live show, and then at the end we always do a Q&A session as well as give out some cool swag and other things. And what's fun for us in this kind of – because like I said, we have this great growth going on with both the firm, the show – and we have even more ideas coming, so it's, it's really a fun time. So I think this, the success habits, is at the perfect time for, for us to hit you guys and help you out, but also to help us out as we continue to grow. So we think through it, and it seems like successful people have some common traits, or at least they believe that by recreating the same types of activities, they set themselves up for success. And one of the areas where we see that happen the most is in professional athletics. And yep. so we went and looked up some rituals that some, you know, all-star athletes, like what you would like deem to be very successful athletes, uh, do either before a game or as part of their rituals. And we just want to share some of these. And then we'll talk about successful habits on the financial front. How do you actually build financial successful habits? Uh, and so the first one I thought was really interesting, because I used to do this same, same thing too, uh, not, not in this sport though. So for the Portugal soccer team, Cristiano Ronaldo has to make sure his right foot touches the grass before stepping onto the field for every game. Uh, so when I was playing, you never could step on the, out the, the base path line, right? So the baseline, third okay. baseline first. You always had to jump over it whenever okay. you ran on the field. So I can kind of appreciate that. Um, what about this one? You know, when you think about – I'd heard this one. When you think about all-time great athletes, I think this is one of the greatest, right? Michael Jordan. Uh, and so it says, while he was leading the Bulls to six NBA championships, uh, the five-time MVP always wore his North Carolina shorts under his uniform yeah. in every game. I'd heard that one. I so knew that one. That's not a whole lot different than what I did when I was in high play. I high think school he washed them. Well, okay. Well, he I guess that him. does make it a little bit a little Wade bit Boggs. What did Wade Boggs do? So, 12-time All-Star. He attributed much of his success to a daily routine. Uh, these everyday customs include he would always eat chicken before a game, which got him the nickname Chicken Man. And then he always, for night games, took batting practice at exactly 5.17 and ran sprints at exactly 7.17. And he would draw the word Kai, which is Hebrew for life, in the dirt before coming up to bat. So, you know, that's... If I was on Wade's team... Now, Wade was a pretty big guy with an awesome mustache. I'm old <laughs> enough that I remember who Wade Boggs is. I'd have probably joshed with him a little bit. And, like, if I was taking bat in practice, see how serious he was about 5'17". Yeah, and then he'd have been like, let me see your MVP title. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably – wouldn't have been on his team for long. And then Tiger, of course, we know this one. That's so right. go into Tiger Woods. So uh, Tiger always, on Sunday, when he's dr when bringing home the championship, he'd always wear a red shirt. He's a red shirt on Sundays. And then the last one, uh, and this one, you know, hits, hits close to home because I feel like I I'm the same way. Uh, national tennis star Serena Williams – will not change or even wash her socks during tournaments. She believes any change during tournaments will result in a loss. So, look, I'm, 
I was an elite athlete just before I knew I was an elite that athlete. That doesn't seem Serena, sanitary. Serena just, she just confirmed that. So I want to kind of pivot from the, these athletes to now let's talk to something also superior, well-performing. <laughs> let's talk about ourselves because, like I said, the homework I gave you, Bo, before we even drafted show notes was I want you to write down your habits that you feel like make you successful. Sure. And, then, and look, this is kind of – this is the part where you go reveal a little bit about yourself, sure. but I think it's still helpful – um, so here's some of, kind of our personal habits for success. And then we'll kind of pivot and go into some of these self-help gurus and see them where there's compare and contrast and talk about some common things that we see for all of them. So for me, I first want to set the stage and tell you, I am one of those naysayers that I started this company in 2002. And every year you go to conferences and they tell you, and you hear the same thing every year at a conference, Write down your ideal client. Mm-hmm. And you hear that, and you're like, oh, it's common sense. I know what my ideal client is. I want somebody who's rich. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what you just, that's you, that's a, you, you hear that. And, but you hear, write down your ideal client and then go ahead and start looking at your client base and figuring out how many, uh, take inventory of your clients and see how many of them actually match that ideal client. I never did this until, Bo, you were actually a part of the firm when we started doing it. It was probably around 2009, 2010. 2009, 2010, Um, So you can see it took me eight years. I'm telling you all this to set the table to tell you that I was a naysayer on how powerful habits could be. But in 2009, 2010, I went to a conference, finally felt motivated enough that I wrote down what my ideal client looked like, and then I even created what is our ideal client? What is somebody who's aspiring will likely become mm-hmm. that ideal client? Who are people you just you you that are not who you probably should be working sure. with if your company wants to be what it is? And I kid you not that within a year to eighteen months, my business was transformed. Right. And then I started looking back and I was like, what what happened? You know, and I, and then it's and as I've gotten older and I, I consider myself a little wiser. I've realized this machine that we are as humans, we are production machines. We're meant to be efficient and we're you know, built to be successful. But there's a lot of components that I don't think we give a lot of power to. You know, It's not only our physical connection with the world. There's also emotional stuff that's going on. There's your basic intelligence and your, your just what you have built in and aptitudes. And then there's this subconscious. Sure. And that's the part that I think these habits really connect with the spirit and the subconscious. And there's all these parts that are that inner voice that's pushing you behind the scenes that connects. So I, I tell you all that just because I wanted to make sure that you understood what I want you to get out of this show is I want you to understand that some of this stuff is going to sound so simple, and you've probably heard Tony Robbins, you've heard others talk about it, but you've never taken the time to actually do the simple mm-hmm. step. And you're going to be surprised if you'll just do this simple step, how much will actually happen That's for right. you. So let's jump in this. My weekday habits. These are my weekday habits that I do, and they're a little different than you. I mean, some of them are the same, but they're different times. Sure. Like I I exercise three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um this is, y'all should know, I will go ahead and tell you, this is the revealing part. I lost my father at a young age. My, my dad was 54, 55. I was in my 20s, mid-20s when dad passed away. My grandfather passed away when I was 50. I have this death insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably ridiculous I say that, and y'all are like, oh my God, here's, here's where the weirdo, and realize full weirdo here, but this is why <laughs> I get paid good money is because this weirdo brain does some incredible things. But... Exercise helps me check the box 
on my death insecurity. Sure. But it also, I will tell you that when I've started exercising and gotten in what I consider decent cardiovascular shape, my energy's better. Mm-hmm. I sleep better at night. And then I feel like, I don't know if it's pheromones or if it's just you feel confidence. I just, business works better when I'm in good shape. So that's one thing is exercise. Morning Bible study. This is one, I will tell you, we don't talk politics, we don't talk religion, because I'm not one of those people that pushes that stuff on you guys. But I would be really missing a huge point if I didn't tell you doing morning Bible study for myself it's that center time where I'm all alone, and it really sets the stage for the day. I think it helped. this is a big part of creating fulfillment mm-hmm. is when you have purpose, you feel like you know why you're here and what you're doing, and that also gives you a time of reflection, prayer, and thinking about where you're centered and where you're going. It's been huge for me. Yep. And then the other habits that I'd put, this is I put a weirdo one on here just because I'm being honest. My wife thinks this is the kookiest thing. I think a lot of my guys I work with think this is weird. I remember the first time I told y'all I was doing this, I think y'all really had doubts and were even worried about me a little bit. Is I do three to four times a year, I do what's called a full water fast, meaning that I don't eat anything. The only thing I consume, consume is water. Right. And I'll do three to five days. So five is the longest I've done. Three is much easier. And um, it's phenomenal for me because I think you know I think a big part of success is discipline and it's self you know and deferred gratification if I can do these things I think it does a lot of physical stuff to your body and and it proves my point that this machine is much more powerful and much more resilient than I think the average person realizes we have a whole part of our body that is designed to kick into gear when you deprive it of things and you only do water so and it once again allows me to kind of check that box on that death insecurity. Yeah. So, so doing those type of things uh, are, are kind of my daily rituals as well as that, that uh, water fast three to four times a year to kind of centers me and gets me ready. So what's, what's your crazy habits or daily habits that make you successful? I thought think? those were great, Brian. You know, one, one that's huge for me uh, is I try to exercise every day. Now, I have to go early in the morning, so I have to wake up every morning at like 4.30. I'm at the gym by 5.00. Just because with the age of my kids and stuff that I have going on business-wise, it's just when it makes sense. But what I love about this, and we saw this because you and I were actually working together back in the Great Recession in 2008, in 2009, and one of the ways that we were actually able to handle that, one of the ways we were able to deal with the stress of that was when the market closed, we would go to the gym. We would go work out, exercise, get, you know, get some adrenaline going, that sort of thing. I think that's huge. So a big thing for me to set, my, set the tone for my day is to wake up early, go to the gym, and exercise. And Full I just, disclosure, yeah, I hired you that year of the Great the great right. Recession, and there was no guarantee that I was going to be able to afford you for a long time. <laughs> and you coming out of college and having this college you know, athletic background, I was finding just another way to get money, out, value yeah. out of you because you were trainer. my personal yeah, trainer. So I, I, some of this was not <laughs> completely... It was a great stress relief, though, but I wanted to make sure I gave you perspective. So, yeah, so, you know, I work out every morning. Another thing that I do, and this is one that I think is really interesting, is uh, my wife and I, we've been, we've been dating for, we've been together for over a decade now. Hopefully, well, you're uh, more than dating. We're, we're uh, we've married for, for a number of years now. And one thing that I do is uh, she's still asleep every morning when I, when I leave for the gym. Fortunately, now both girls are also still asleep when I leave for the gym, which is a fantastic <laughs> life change in our world. Uh, but one thing I do is I make sure I kiss my wife every morning before I leave. She doesn't know that I'm there doing it, but for some reason it just sets my mind right that I'm doing the things that I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. 
Um, and then I started thinking through like some, some sort of weird things that I do. Uh, when I walk into the office every morning, the first thing I do is I have the same ritual where I open all the exact same windows and I log into the exact same systems. So when I sit down to work, I'm logged into every piece of my life, which is, I get that kind of kind of wild and kind of weird. By the way, you have, you're a functional OCD too. Oh, for I mean, sure. that's what, so you have processes and systems and it's part of that secret sauce that I think makes you very successful, but it, you have a weird brain too. Yeah, full no full disclosure. I'm, I'm sure my, my wife, she is an amazing person because I'm a hard person. <laughs> Keep to live going with. though. I'm sorry. We can digress. <laughs> and so, so then I thought about some financial habits that I do now and that I've always done that kind of set me up uh, for success. And one thing that really is really important to me that we've, and we've done an entire show on this is giving. And so one of the things I do is every month before we process payroll, before we actually, you know, take our paycheck or whatever, I calculate my giving and process my giving before I do any of my saving, before I do any of my, um, you know, uh, estimated tax base, before I do any of that. Cause I think it sets the perspective, at least for me about, you know, ultimately what do we do when we're generating yeah. wealth and saving and what's it all about? So I like doing that first. Another thing that I do is uh, every single month, I pay my credit card bills on the same day every month. And by doing that, it makes sure that nothing ever slips by. Yeah. I just know that on the first day of every month, I go in and I pay all credit cards that I have. And it's just an easy way to do that and just kind of clear the mechanism. And then this isn't so much a daily habit, but this is an annual habit. And I picked this up from you. I do a net worth statement every single year. Yeah. I'd like to tell you that I do it on December 31st, but we get real excited <laughs> towards the end of the year, uh, and we do it a little bit earlier. But it's a fantastic – that's one of those things that every year, annually, that's a habit that I think sets us up for financial success. So that was incredible, and hopefully you guys got to know a little bit more about us. Um, hopefully it doesn't push you away too much, because I, I, here's the thing I've realized. The older I get, we're all weird. Everybody out there, you have your own weird quirk. You know you have it. It's just I think you're healthier when you realize where your weirdo lies inside of you. It's kind of like what's the Miranda Lambert song where she talks about hiding her oh, crazy. Hide your crazy. I mean, yeah. it's I mean that is really the average person is just how do you cope with way you're wired. Um, I thought it was cool, and I don't know if I hyped this up enough when I was you know talking about the, what we were going to cover today. You know, Sarah, her, Dr. Thomas Stanley. Millionaire Next Door passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago. And what's great is his his daughter, Sarah Fallow, is um, following in his footsteps. She's also a Ph.D. researcher, just brilliant. She has taken his research, added to it, and has come out with the next Millionaire Next Door. And I want to go ahead and tease to you guys, we are setting the final dates on it. I believe, uh, just in case it pivots, don't get mad at us, but I believe the very next episode we're going to have Sarah on. Special guest. The, the show is a special guest, so make sure you all show up for that live stream. That will be fun. But um, I thought it was awesome. As I've been going through this book, there's a resource in here on page 157 that I thought was awesome for today's show. It, it, it shared with how does the average millionaire spend their time versus – the average American. I, I mean, because this is going to let you see really how are people using their time, which is a very valuable resource. So let's just kind of go through these. And, and, and don't, by the way, don't even just take our word that this book is fantastic. So if you're someone who's actually out there listening to the live stream or if you haven't checked out the live stream, one of the great things is that there's a chat going this whole time we're having this conversation. Well, Sonny, who's in the chat right now, said, by the way, just want you to know, I'm loving The Next Minute Next Door. Thanks so much for highlighting it. So yeah, it's not just us saying that it's awesome. Your peers are actually out there saying, yeah, you should read this book. It's fantastic. Well, Sarah's a great person. I got, I fortunately got to meet her 
um, while her father was alive, and she's just she's always been a friend of the show, and I think it's awesome. So on one page on page one fifty seven, here's the hours spent per week: millionaires versus average American. Listen to this: working. The average millionaire spends thirty eight point four hours a week. The average American spends thirty two point one hours working. That means the millionaire is spending twenty percent more time working. You know what I thought was really interesting? I mean, it's it's obviously interesting. Millionaires work more than non millionaires, right? Right. You notice that it wasn't like 60 hours, 60, yeah. 80, 90, 100 hours a week. It's smarter, not harder. That's exactly kind of what I, what and I, I think. I think that. the world is focusing on balance these days. So here's another one reading for pleasure. Reading for pleasure, the average millionaire or the millionaire is five and a half hours a week versus two for the average American. That means that the millionaire is reading over two, you know, 275% more time reading, or close to three times as much reading as the average American. Social media. So big, big inverse this thing from the reading. The average millionaire is spending two and a half hours a week on social media. The average American is spending 14 hours a week on social media. So that means the millionaire is spending 82% less time on social media. F- 14 hours a week. I'm not, math's not my thing, but that's like two hours a day on social media. Yeah. Wow. I mean, inefficient use of time. Exercising. The millionaire is at five and 5.8, close to six hours a week. Okay. The average American, two and a half. Wow. Yeah. So there's something to this. So the fact that we exercise, that's not just us being, it, it, it's kind of linked. No, and you're, you're, you're going to notice some commonality as we go through some of these gurus and what they say as well. Caring for the family. And I, I look at this as family time. The millionaire was at eight and a half hours a week. The average American's 3.6. Well, you know, this is what's crazy is the quality of time. When we're talking about that balance, right. you know, you, you assume that the person who's working less is probably spending more time with family or, or that that's not necessarily happening. And then here's another one, playing video games. Millionaires at 0.8, so that's okay. less than one hour every week, whereas the average American is at 1.7 hours a week so about half play video games half as much as non-millionaires sleeping the uh, millionaires at 53.6 versus 61 and a half hours you quickly seeing dividing that by seven. Oh, you well, no, uh, i mean don't mind i me. see i see don't you mind me. It's, a, it's a little over seven and a half hours yeah, so a millionaires doing a little over seven and a half hours you know and, the, and then the the average person is almost eight Right? No, that right? you're doing bad math. Seven times eight is 56, Bo. I'm not good at math. It's not my thing. <laughs> Nothing uh, like a live nine. show to almost show people. nine hours. <laughs> oh, there's, there's, there's seven days in a week. I was yeah, doing eight. You're doing I was eight. thinking you know, eight Why not? Eight days? That's you're just fun. working like there's eight That's days. Fun. So obviously, millionaires are more disciplined with their time, and they're deliberate with how they're spending that valuable resource of time. So I think there's a lot to be learned from that. So then I wanted to go even deeper with this. I said, okay, we've gone through the next millionaire next door. Let's talk about some of these self-help gurus or efficiency experts that we've all looked at their books. And, you know, and I'm showing you, I don't know why I laid these all here. I guess to give you some visual representation for all my YouTube followers. Um, This is the seven habits of highly effective people. Do you realize this is the first, I read this on um, when I was doing show prep. First nonfiction book to reach a million so as quickly as it did. Really? Like it set some record for reaching a million I didn't re- sales. So if it's so funny, you know, a lot of times when you get interviewed for stuff, people will ask, you know, what's one business book that you just absolutely have to recommend? It's amazing how often this book comes up. 
Yeah, so so Stephen Covey does the seven habits of highly effective people, and I want to know: Are there any common habits that he talked about in the seven steps mm-hmm. that overlapped with all this other stuff we're talking about from what Sarah's research is showing? And here's what I found: Step number two. You know, remember when you're going through the seven habits, the first part is independence, and then you you know, and it breaks you out where you're doing your self study, and then you get into the 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 working with you know groups. Right. And then the last step is, you know, kind of the evolution, always having that hunger for life, you know, keep, keep going. I could probably do much better of giving you the actual titles, but it's independence, interdependence, right. and synergy and teamwork. But, in, it, but anyway, number two, number two habit is begin with the end in mind. Oh, you I love that Use this one all I, the time. I love that one. Because if you want to know where you should go, you have to know where you want to end up. Yeah. You have to kind of see the end of the road before you can map your course to get there. When I was, you know, part of the reason I put number two down is that, remember what I was telling you guys is that I was the guy who started a company in 2002 and it was not until 2009 or 2010 that I actually wrote down what the ideal client looked like. Even though if you asked Brian in 2006, do you have a company plan? Do you have a plan? Yeah, I'd done some spreadsheets, sure. but I had not done the vision planning and it really ties in to begin with the end in mind of what type of business I was really right. trying to create. So I always tell people, are you visualizing what do you want to be and are you planning mm-hmm. to make that happen? And then you get down to number seven, which is the, the focusing on continual improvement, which is the step of sharpen the saw. Now listen to this one. When we talk about daily habits, so you think about after you've gone through steps one through six, step seven, which is sharpening the saw and that hunger for life, these are going to be the things that are going to be your daily rituals and habits. And here they are. Exercise for physical renewal. Huh. Where have we heard Sounds that familiar. before? Money guy echo. Good prayer. And he put in parentheses, meditation and yoga. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's that centering yourself on focusing for the future. Good reading for mental renewal. Yep. Service to society for spiritual renewal. So being a part of something bigger than yourself, serving something bigger so than So all those things were having that you know, that hunger for, for life and other things, they've tied into those daily habits that you hear other people talk about. And then that made me want to go on. Let's go a step deeper. There's Tom Corley wrote, uh, he did, had a whole section, and he's written a book called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. And these are the nine habits of highly successful people. Let's just kind of go through these. Number one, they get up early. You know, this one is something that uh, I, you know, so I wake up and go to the gym. It's not easy for me to do that. I am not a morning person by nature. Now, I'm really, sometimes it frustrates me because I know, Brian, you just wake up early. Yeah. Automatic, no alarm I'm clock. I'm on. I have an it's, on-off switch. It's unbelievable, whereas... I'm a morning person. If I was left on my own devices, there are chances I would sleep w- way through breakfast and I'd be, you know, pushing lunchtime. I am jealous of folks who have that clock where they can just wake up early. But if you're not someone who does that naturally, one of the things you can do to set yourself up for success is force yourself to get up early, start your day early, and start knocking things out yeah. first thing in the morning. And we'll bring this back in with sleep because I don't want you just to be completely sleep deprived sure. as well. Because every I, I watch, a, I'm so nerdy. I watched a documentary on sleep the other night. My wife walked in. Sounds, what are you watching? That sounds about and right. I was like, documentary on sleep. And she and it, they talked. Everybody has a different internal clock. There are some people that five and a half hours is fine, seven hours, you know, because a lot of people think they're not good sleepers because they're not getting eight hours of sleep, right. and there's this myth of eight hours. But really, we all have an internal clock. So, but I would tell, I would strongly, if you wake up and you're not refreshed, that's the big secret. Yeah. 
just because you're getting off at 5 a.m. doesn't mean maybe you should go to bed a little earlier right. if you're not waking up refreshed. But I thought this stat was pretty incredible. It said 50% of self-made millionaires got out of bed at least three hours before their work day actually started. So they're doing something before they're just waking yeah, so up. If your work day starts at 8, they're getting up at 5, exactly what you talked about. Number two of these nine, they read a lot. 88% devote 30 minutes or more each day to education or self-improvement through reading. Now realize Sarah and Dr. Thomas Stanley did not get together and put together these lists together. That's what's crazy to me. They didn't all kind of get in a room and go, you write your book first, we'll write our book second. And then think about also how to make friends and influence mm-hmm. people. Yep. Um, you know, that book has been around forever. And it, a lot of these concepts all roll in it. That's what I get. When I was putting together the show notes, I was like, there it is again. <laughs> I mean, I got so excited thinking about these habits that interconnect with each other. One thing I struggle with too, and I hear a lot of people talk about this, about balancing uh, fiction reading versus nonfiction reading. And what's really interesting, and I noticed in all the stuff that we looked up, it didn't explicitly state that. It, all it said was pleasure reading. And what we found is, I mean, you talk about this all the time, Brian, when we talk about like a lot of the reading we do on the side, a lot of the time it's in the lane of what we do. It's reading about personal finance or Maybe it's reading about a sleep study, which just seems <laughs> out <nerdy>. there. <laughs> but it's about constantly renewing your mind, constantly expanding the things that you're knowledgeable about. So I think that that's really interesting. That it doesn't just say it has to be something either on top of what you do for a living or completely fiction. Yeah, so, I mean, getting 88% devote 30 minutes or more to, mm-hmm. to reading. So I thought that was big. Number three was they spend 15 to 30 minutes each day on Focus thinking. This sounds like my prayer time or meditation, yoga that, the, that you heard talked about in the seven habits of highly effective people. So having quiet time to analyze your thoughts is associated with stress reduction. Love it. Number four, this one's going to sound familiar. They make exercise a priority. 76, 76% carve out 30 minutes or more for aerobic exercise. I think that's great. Now, I don't do it daily, but three times a week is enough for my body. I yeah. need some time to heal. Richard Branson, billionaire. Wakes up at 5 a.m. to play tennis or bike, and he says it has personally doubled his productivity. He attributes exercise to doubling his productivity. Number five, they spend time with people who inspire them. Now, I read that, and then that, because when I was doing the show prep on this, my pastor at church just, I mean, it was two days earlier from when I was writing these show notes, gave this famous Jim Rohn quote that, and this is what it says, quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I mean, that's a that's an intense thing to think about. Well, I, I think I look at, you know, we moved from South Atlanta to up here. Mm-hmm. And one of the benefits I will tell you of moving to Franklin, Tennessee, is there are a lot of people who work in video. There are people who work in social media. There are people who, if you want podcast resources, I went to a podcast conference 15 minutes from my house and you don't realize that just having access to the people that you can be around as a resource really does this the people you spend time with has a huge impact on your potential and who you can be number six they pursue their own goals 80 percent are obsessed that's what he put in quote obsessed with pursuing goals and what i think is really interesting is you know do you know what it takes to pursue a goal it's a loaded question 
You have to know what your goal yeah, is. You have to it's write that it exact down thing. Is what I was you know, begin with the end in mind. That's exactly what they're saying here. You have to know what your goals are, and then you have to be obsessed with pursuing those. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I will. I, here, here's two personal things. I, I like to always throw little stories in there. I pick on you, Bo, because I told you, you know, you've been with me for a decade now, mm -hmm. probably over a decade now. That's right. And as you know, I've got you know, and as you were going through, I said, now sometimes you got to slow down because sure. you're so busy going through that internal checklist of being an achiever that I don't know that you're looking around to recognize and enjoy and appreciate sure. this where you, the stage of life you're in because there's gonna come a day you're gonna look back and you're gonna miss those days when it was fun to do this or yeah, fun to yeah, do yeah. that. I mean, the, it's all it's country songs. There's all kind of things that talk about that, but I do think, and this is why I will tell you, I did a efficiency class. Where you know you're keeping all these journals and things, you you know what I'm talking okay. about. We have to keep journal. And I told I was getting so much accomplished. Oh yeah, I yeah, was I'm getting so much accomplished. But I was driving my wife crazy because I was I quit sleeping, and because I kept because all I could do was focus on this list of the things the you efficient had to do. things yeah. I have not done. So. There is, when you talk about obsession, that's why I think some of these systems I can't do because I'm already a natural doer. Sure. That if you, if you make me do an obsessive, you know, list, all it does is make me really insecure that I'm already not doing enough. So I think that you have to just know who you are. So let's keep going on it because we can figure out how weird this brain is. Number seven, they get enough sleep. 89% of self-made millionaires sleep seven or eight hours each night or more. So that kind of ties into what Sarah had, Doctor, you know, Doctor Fowler had, had had figured out too. Because what did we say it was like seven and a half on average. Yeah, it worked out to be seven and a half. You feel like you, you get seven eight hours a night. No, I'm a six to okay. six and a half person. Yeah. I, I just, but that, but you have to know your internal clock. Sure. I wake up. I went to bed at eleven twenty last night, but I woke up at five thirty this morning, and I was like, woo. I mean, because I didn't, I didn't wake up any in the middle of the night, which is always a, a good success. Sure. So it was refreshing, good sleep. So I don't require seven hours of sleep. Sure. I'm just not a, I'm not a big sleeper. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't think I get good sleep. I think I yeah, do you get okay. good sleep. You just I'm not get... an insom. I can go to sleep pretty easily. Yeah. Um, number eight, they have multiple incomes. Sixty-five percent had had at least three streams of income that they created prior to making their first million dollars and i'll tell you there's a trend among millennials to do all these side hustles and other things um you know i just got back from disney world and you know took a lot of ubers a lot of lifts and it was so interesting to find out what all because i'm 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 not the guy who gets in the back seat and just rides i you strike I, up I a talk, conversation i, I strike up a conversation with everybody and it was so interesting to find out that what they all did in their day jobs and this was their side hustle so i mean that that's People have multiple incomes. I, I thought that was interesting. And then number nine, they avoid time wasters. And what did we read in The Next Millionaire Next Door? What are they not doing? They're not wasting 14 hours a week on social media. They're not spending two hours a week on video games. I mean, as much as – I will tell you, I used to love video games. Before I had kids, there is nothing better than a first-person <laughs> shooter on the web. But it just it, – it's not productive. Yeah, it, yeah. Fantasy football. I know I'm going to get some people who are going to be mad about this because they've come and toured and I have friends. Fantasy football is not a great use of your time either. But, it, again, it all comes down to your personality and how you're able to handle it. Because we've had some – again, if, if you're not in the YouTube live thread, you really should be because there's some great stuff. Because we've had some folks saying, hey, just so you guys know, you know, while you're sort of downing social media here – 
I actually found your show by scrolling through Facebook, and now I'm a huge fan. Oh yeah, well, I, guess, I guess that is a little what what shoe that, out of mouth on spend all the time on YouTube <laughs> social media money guy channel that you can because it's efficient use of your time. So, but I think it, it is about knowing what you're doing. If you're spending all of your time on social media watching kitten videos, that's awesome. Kitten videos are cool, I guess. But if you're or someone, slime videos like my youngest daughter. If you're someone who's finding personal finance podcasts and going on that rabbit trail, your mind automatically kind of just works differently. So it is about knowing yourself and knowing how you and use those And full disclosure, tools. I come, I'm, I'm dyslexic. My daughter, my oldest daughter is dyslexic. I don't, I, when I say I read a lot of books, I listen to a lot of books, if you want to be honest. We actually had somebody say, hey, do podcasts and audiobooks count? That I was listen. one of the questions. I don't, because my brain just doesn't work with normal, it, I read a lot of articles and stuff, but I listen to books is, is what I find to be very effective and efficient for mm-hmm. use of time. So let's, let's, let's shift to, when we think of the guru of self-help, and you go and you check out his pad on the ocean... I mean, the dude, and I mean, he has worked with everybody. I mean, if you want to, I mean, so there is some, the, and he'll make you run across fire. I mean, I've never <laughs> no, no, been, literally, he'll, he'll I have never it. been to a Tony Robbins event, but there are people that, because I, I, I would be scared to go to one because I am kind of a very, I'm very a safety player. You know, I'm not, I'm not jumping out of planes. Right. I'm not doing any, so I, I don't know that I see me running across a fire bed. Because so, you haven't unleashed the beast within. Uh, so, that, so, But Tony has, it, how can I establish joyful habits? Mm-hmm. This was a piece that Tony Robbins had published. Let's just kind of go through this. Here was number one was take time off. And you put in Tony's example, he mentions this is an alternative to working 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. In other words, he assumes you're already a hard worker. <laughs> so that's a little more than the um, 38 hours that we heard in, in Dr. Fallow's um, information. But they said breaks that allow you to return to your goals feeling fully focused. And and I, I will tell you that I think that, like, I just got back from Disney mm-hmm. World. And you know it's a good vacation when my youngest child cried on the last day. Yeah. I think my, mom, my, my wife was this close to crying. <laughs> um, and I was energized to get back because I had all these ideas. I've even written. What you guys don't know is Bo's already told you. We just recorded earlier today two Ask the Money Guy segments for our YouTube channel, and then we're recording this live. And then after this show and after we do the live Q&A, we're also going to be recording a special episode that we'll be releasing probably the next Friday on Mm -hmm. tips and tricks and observations I have on Disney. Um, And I'm I'm excited about all of it. I don't think that stuff happens without taking vacations, giving the brain a chance to reset and move forward. You know, technology has really changed the world in which we live. And, 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 you know... I live pretty close to the office, but I have a home office set up at the house, too. And it's really easy for me to come in here first thing in the morning, start banging, bang all day, go home, spend a couple hours with the family, and then go back to work. You mm-hmm. know, So we actually might be putting in 10 hours, 12 hours a day. And sometimes I have to tell myself, I'm probably not doing my best work unless I do step away from it, unless I do give yeah. myself a break, do give myself a reset. And that's exactly what Tony's saying. Take that time, take that weekend, take that evening, whatever it is, and give yourself a break because it's amazing what your mind can do when you stop thinking about the immediate task at hand. So I struggle with that all the time, uh, and I see that I am so much more effective when I actually do that. It probably fends off some of that burnout feeling that's right. that you hear a lot of that's successful exactly people right. get. I mean, that's why I think we have fire movements is there's a lot of people crushing it but also kind of getting burned out to a degree. That's right. So here's, here's number two of what Tony said. He said, spend quality time. 
with loved ones free from distractions. Mm-hmm. This will make you more grateful for the things you have. That's I thought so that, was, that was pretty cool stuff. And it'll also help you devote the habit of being mindful and appreciative of your life. And I, I will tell you, I think one of the biggest things that I can tell when somebody is, is if you're looking for fulfillment, is how grace-filled, how mm-hmm. appreciative of your life are you? I think if you can train that internal voice to look for the glass half full the, and the positive of life, it really does. It's that, it's that, it really is that abundance mindset of looking right. for the good in all things. Um, number three was do things you enjoy. Go, cultivate good habits into your life, which includes doing things you enjoy. That could be listening to your favorite podcast, reading a story with your children. And then I saw you put, you probably put this one in there for I'll my put benefit. I put it in there for you. I cook with my wife twice a week, and we do full sit-down meals with the kids where, I mean, it looks like probably something from the 50s or 60s. And when we're doing these food boxes, I mean, I've done two or three of the different services. We've probably been doing this for two and a half to three years. And from a a family side, it's awesome. From a relationship side, it's awesome. It's just there's something nice and just traditional about cooking with your family and then sitting down and having that meal with your so do things you enjoy and i think it checks the box on a few of the things that, that that's what that i love about, talking it, about it you're eating healthy food you're spending family time you're not going to get fast food i just i love that it's a it's something that you enjoy but it but it is it's a lot of positive things working in there together which i think is now, wonderful full disclosure the first three minutes of every sit down is my youngest child remember my autistic child She's very literal, very honest, telling us how horrible the food is. So I, I, I don't want y'all to think that I've got this Norman Rockwell type experience going on. There is my youngest child telling me how awful, and she actually complains about food box nights. But but we'll keep going. Number And then the last one he had was, good habits take time, but if you'll commit to teaching yourself these valuable tools for happiness and productivity management, you'll emerge as a more fulfilled and efficient person. And guys, that's that's probably the biggest takeaway, and that's why I loved having multiple resources. And then I don't know if you guys noticed it, when Bo and I put together our list and we had exercise on there, we had reading Mm -hmm. and other things, how often all the same concepts kept coming up. There's something to this. We really are wired a certain way. So if you can just harness the power of these incredible habits, I really think that the, the, the... Really, there's no limit to the potential you can have because that's what a lot of us are always trying to do. What's that magical recipe that's going to make us the best version of ourselves? So this is probably, if this is your first time listening to us, you're like, wow, so is this a motivational show? Is this a (laughs) self-help show? No, we're actually a personal finance show, but I think you know we can get into the numbers. We can get into the nuts and bolts of what you need to be saving, how much life insurance, you know, what mutual funds, Roth conversions, and all kind of other cool strategies. But if you don't have the purpose, the vision for what's driving you, that why that you hear all the TED Talks and everything else of what's making you who you are, I don't think you can be that best version of yourself financially. So that's why we do, every now and then, we have these shows where we focus on purpose, vision, planning so that you can get your mind right so then we can get back to the nuts and bolts of how do you save well how do you build and expand your wallet to do and live that purposeful fulfilled life and that abundance life that you want now a lot of you are probably wondering wow okay i've listened to this show i've listened to a few other shows these guys are literally just giving it away how can they just i didn't i didn't see any sponsorships at the beginning of the show that's why i had somebody send us a thank you saying Hey, I know you're probably forfeiting a lot of income by not having all those ads and things in the beginning. 
we, you know, we take YouTube ads, but we don't do a lot of the other ads, and we, we're very purposeful on that. We want you guys, we call it the abundance cycle. We want you to come, absorb, become as successful, use these concepts, and at some point, you're going to become so successful that you go, I don't feel comfortable making all these decisions all by myself anymore. And it's at that point that we want you to pay us back. I want you to consider taking the relationship to the next level and reaching out to us and saying, hey, guys, how do I work with Abound Wealth to see if I can keep this mindset going and grow and be just really good with the resources that we've been blessed and provided with? Um, this has been a blast of a show. Did yeah. I give out enough information? No, I think it's wonderful. You know, another thing for you guys, uh, we've already mentioned it, but uh, if you're out there on social media, if you're on Facebook scrolling, or if you're on Twitter, if you're on YouTube, use the hashtag AskTheMoneyGuy. You can actually ask us questions. So not only, we're about to, when we stop recording right now, we're going to hang out with all of you guys still in the chat room. We're going to do a live Q&A. If you're someone out there who hasn't had a chance to, to participate in that, it is so much fun because you get to ask us questions and we'll just load you up. But you can also ask us a question via the hashtag AskTheMoneyGuy, or you can go out to the MoneyGuy website, www.moneyguy.com, click on the Ask section, and you can ask us a question right there. Thank God right you there. put the www I don't know why. I was I hoping you were putting that. that in there. I feel like I am just was on America Online right there. Did you hear that? What am I doing? Such an amateur. At AOL.com is his email address. A, such an amateur. Uh, go out to the website, ask us a question, and you may very well hear a show dedicated to your question. We'll give you a shout-out. Uh, and we just appreciate you helping us make this show better for you because that's the ultimate goal. And remember, we're in the setup stages right now, but I really think our next show is going to have Sarah on the show mm -hmm. live. So go check out this book and then, you know, go ahead and have your questions for the Q&A. We haven't even told Sarah we're going to make her do the Q&A, but this is great feedback for her probably. So um, go check out The Next Millionaire Next Door. That's right. I'm your host, Brian Preston. We'll do the same thing in two weeks and um, tune in. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice. Yeah.